Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This last episode of the year, besides our bonus ones, we have some bonus ones coming up. Uh, we're going over the 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge. This is, uh, this is the time. We're going to talk about what we did to fulfill it, and we're going to reveal next year's challenge. We are. Uh, but first, what are you reading, Bria? I just finished a book, uh, a 2020 book, that I feel like a lot of readers liked and were looking forward to. I didn't quite finish it before our 2020 episode, so who could say if it would have made it on that list? But it's called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Um, did you read this? I, just, I, bu- I bought this. I saw it. I, I, I bought it, but bought I have it. Yeah. It's still, it's still in my uh, 2020 to read re- new release stack. I would say this is basically a combination of libraries and It's a Wonderful Life. Like, it's about I a saw, woman. I saw you post that on your Instagram and I was like, oh, fuck, why didn't I, why didn't I read this sooner? Uh, so it's about a woman who has decided... Uh, tr- you know, trigger warnings for suicide, decided that she no longer wants to be alive. Uh, her life is not worth living. So she goes, ends up in this library and in, and every book in the library is a different path she could have taken. And so she opens up the book and she gets to see that path and live that path for a little while. Like, oh, what if I had pursued being a professional swimmer? Or what if I had pursued playing music? Uh, what if I had... Uh, uh, not gone on the, or gone on this date with this guy when he asked me like like big things and small things and she kind of gets to see how her life turns out um it's really it's really fascinating i love his writing i think his writing is really good um it's very accessible uh a really great book to read in spite of the suicide uh, it's not it's not a super dark book it's actually like a good kind in the same way it's a wonderful life is or uh uh, I, it's Girl. a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, so. same, same. Uh, but yeah, no, it's fantastic. Uh, uh, what are you reading, Mallory? I am listening to the audiobook of another 2020 release. I'm still making my, my way through, through through 2020 releases. It is a nonfiction book called White Tears, Brown Scars by Ruby Hamad. And it is a um, essay collection, memoir, nonfiction book about um, how white feminism and white feminists silence women of color and use their tears to to silence uh, black women and, and other women of color. Because uh, the writer, Ruby Hamad, is a, uh, several years before this book came out, had released, oh, this came out last year. Oh my gosh, I don't know why it's just come up on my radar. Um, but it uh, she had released this essay about about the sort of subject of this book about how the tears and the um, emotions of white women like most of the time trump the the emotions and, and feelings of, of black women and, and women of color. Um, and it went viral. It totally, the, like, t- completely went viral and not in the way that she wanted it to. And she started getting... Um, emails and feedback um, from other uh, writers and, and, and women of color who were like, I, one woman wrote her was like, I shared this, this essay to my personal Facebook page and I got fired for creating a hostile work environment. Oh my God. Because so many white women were upset about it. Uh, and it's so, I really think it's essential reading for, for white people of, of all genders. It's very well written. Um, but if you are looking to, if you have been, as many of us have, have and should been been on a tear of reading books about racism this year, and you're looking for something that is a little bit more nuanced, is like the, like, I've been looking personally out for more books that are like, like, yes, we know that racism is bad and I, I want to sort of dig into it a little bit more and, 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 and uh, excavate 
uh, a little bit more, uh, a, l- a little bit deeper. This book is absolutely perfect. The, the, um, the audiobook is really wonderful and uh, just absolutely worth your time. So that's White Tears, Brown Scars by Ruby Hamad. And mine is Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Uh, Rebecca writes in to say that I was listening to the episode where Bria said that she was reading Rebecca by Daphne, Daphne du Maurier and, I, and suggested that maybe some people read it in high school and asked if Mallory knew anyone who read it in high school. I just wanted to reach out and say that I read it in my honors English yeah. class my freshman year of high school in 2000 and it was my favorite required reading of the year. Definitely in my top five of all required reading. I went to a pretty forward thinking all girls Catholic school. Uh, we read The Handmaid's Tale in my AP <laughs> English class senior year. That, wow. I can't even yeah. imagine reading uh, Handmaid's Tale in an English class in high school. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, don't, I feel like I was reading this but wasn't finished with it. I loved that book. I thought it was so well, so good. I uh, like I, I mean, not a lot happens, but it was so creepy. I just thought it was, it was such a good book. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, Kay wrote it and said, I just wanted to write in and give some addition, give an additional tip to Kennedy and their journey between fan fiction and quote unquote real reading. So just to remind people, Kennedy wrote in and uh, felt like they were only reading fan fiction. Right, Mallory? That's- and, yeah. And Kennedy was having a hard time gearing up to read a novel, um, like a published novel, because they uh, were feeling like not emotionally ready to yeah. re- to reconnect with new or to They were not emotionally ready to connect with new characters. Right. So uh, Kay says, um, I have been an avid novel reader and fan fiction writer. My whole life and constantly flip-flop between commercial books and the fan fiction world. Whenever I found my find myself wishing for a novel that read like fan fiction, I often turn to authors of the fan fiction themselves. These people are often very bookish and nerdy who love to talk about the stuff they love. You kind of have to be kind of have to be to commit the time into writing a book for free for your phantom and are able to give some wonderful suggestions. Uh, they could point you in the directions of series they love that might uh, have more of a fan fiction slant. They could also tell you about works that inspired fan fictions they wrote. For example, maybe one of their portrayals of a character you love was partially inspired by a different novel. Fan fiction authors are authors. And trust me, they love to talk about writing and the writing and the process of it. So then that can be an awesome source for book recommendations that marry the fan fiction world and the real book world that is awesome That's and great. also yeah reach out just want to remind people. folks that all reading is reading Re- you're not reading a fake book if you're reading a book of fan fiction yeah. don't no no book shame here uh, also so jenny writes in with a wheelhouse and some reading quirks um jenny's wheelhouse is speculative fiction and a book that makes me go wtf is happening here jenny says my reading quirk is that i usually don't keep books after i read them unless they have a sentimental significance or a non-fiction that i want to refer back to otherwise i feel like they should be out in the world being enjoyed so i donate them or give them to a friend it's kind of like when you're little and you think your toys are secretly alive those books will get sad if they're not being read i identify wow. with this i identify with this that I'm like, this book is just sitting here. Like, I have no problem with giving someone some book that I've already read. That's very cool. Uh, So we're gearing up for our next page to screen book club, which we're really excited about. We're doing it with our friends, Adam and Jill from the professional book nerds, our like podcast besties. Uh, So on the 24th Christmas Eve, we are releasing a special crossover between reading glasses and professional book nerds. We're reading a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens and watching the greatest Christmas Carol adaptation there is, which is Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if it's not a live event, uh, but if you want to read Christmas Carol and or watch Muppet, 
the Christmas Muppet Christmas Carol beforehand and uh, Christmas Eve. Listen to the episode. Uh, we are really excited about it. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, I have never actually read a Christmas Carol. I, I know Adam. I don't know if I have either. Um, by the way, this is. Uh, also, it will come out on a Thursday, like a normal Reading Glasses episode. It comes out in Yeah, it'll in be one just dropped into your feed. Yeah. It is a special Christmas present from, from me and Bria. Um, yeah, I know Adam loves Christmas Carol. But I've never read it. Bria's never read it. I've watched him up with Christmas Carol many times. I love that book, or I love that movie so much. It is going to be a blast. We're super excited about it. Um, so tune in for that. So that'll come out next week. So this will be the final um, normal Reading Glasses episode of the year. We're taking New Year's Eve off, especially since there are five Thursdays in December. We haven't taken a, a week off of Reading Glasses in several years now. <laughs> I think it's been two years since we've had a, had a week off. Um, so we're doing it. We're, we're excited uh, about our live event and hope that you love Muppet Christmas Carol as much as we do. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter, get on the train for 2020. You get an extra reading, you get an extra book recommendation from me and Bria every month, along with the list of every book we talk about on the show in one place that Bria puts together. Um, it's, it's fantastic. And again, free extra book recommendation. Uh, so before we go over our 2020 reading glasses challenge, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by StoryWorth. For many of us, hopefully for most of us, the holidays will look very different this year because we're all stuck inside and we're not allowed to see each other, which makes a lot of holiday cheer pretty difficult. So family and friend reunions might not be the same this year, fingers crossed if everyone's being safe, but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close, which is where our sponsor StoryWorth comes in. So StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a great way to engage with family, especially those you can't see in person, which is basically everybody right now. So every week, StoryWorth will email your family member different story prompts, questions you've never thought to ask them, like big stuff, like what's a small decision that you've made that ended up having a big impact on your life, uh, stuff that you don't normally think to ask people that you love in the course of everyday conversation. Uh, but what's really cool is that besides getting all the answers to these questions, after one year, StoryWorth will compile all the stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. And I don't know about you folks, but one of the things that really stresses me out around holiday times, especially this year with how stressed out, uh, you know, shipping companies in the post offices is mailing things. And, you know, one of the things we really, really love about StoryWorth is that you don't have to worry about shipping it. You don't have to worry about mailing it. It's something that you can get and, and have delivered to, the, to their inbox almost instantly. It's absolutely fantastic. It's very easy to set up. And it's a fantastic gift. It's totally unique. They've never gotten one before, which is awesome. And you get to read this book after a year and see all the cool stories and thoughts and memories from your beloved family members. It's awesome. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. You can get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com glasses. That's right. This is the, a gift that you can get that is very meaningful, very unique, very adorable, 
that has no shipping required and you can get last minute. It is the ideal gift. It's absolutely amazing. And you get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash glasses for $10 off. Storyworth.com slash glasses for $10 off. Glasses. I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm, and the doctor had told me I'd never walk again. I couldn't get my book started. I was lost, honestly. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Ono, Ross, and Carrie that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders. I'd call them heroes. Ross and Carrie don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to. But you might find that you want to. My arm is better. I can walk again. I wrote an entire book this weekend. It, it's terrible, but I did it. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank, Thank you, Ross, Ross and Carrie. Ona Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye. This week, we completed the 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge. Yeah, what did yeah, we yeah. get from it? Was it fun? Was it a chore? Are we going to do it again next year? Did we like it? Bria, what did you think? What did you think of the 2020 challenge? I liked it. Uh, what I like about ours, uh, not just to like be like, look at us. Uh, it's, it is, it's like, not just like, read this, read that. Here's 25 things you should read. It's like, it's like they're tasks. I like their books and their tasks. So it's like playing Among Us, which is a game I've been playing far too much lately, uh, that uh, you, you have to do tasks. And um, do you know Among Us? Have you been playing that? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my about. God, I'm <laughs> going to invite you. It's like playing Mafia, but it's like a computer game. I don't know what Mafia yeah, I've is. I've actually been playing with Brazos the Librarian. That's who I play with. <laughs> And you just started reading Glasses Among Us group. Oh my God, I'd love it. It's so much fun. Uh, it's, it's, you don't know what mafia is. It's like one person's a bad guy and you have to figure out who it is. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, oh, it's like werewolf. Yes, it's like werewolf. Yes, there's several. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, you have tasks and I enjoy the tasks. Uh, I like that part of ours because it makes me think of things that aren't just reading. It makes me think about being a part of the bookish community uh, and doing things outside of myself or things that I might not normally do. Um, what, what did you think about the 2020 challenge? I, I liked it. I'm glad that it was more challenging this year. We definitely pushed ours. I feel like last year was like, here's a list of stuff we do that yeah, is cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this year was like, okay, let's we make a list of- second year to do it, right? Or do a ch challenge, yeah. Yeah. It's true. And I think this year was more like, let's pick stuff that we think we should do. And I, I'm glad that we did that. I'm glad we self, we pushed ourselves. Uh, there are definitely some books that I would not have read if not for this challenge, like the romance one. Um, obviously, we did an episode on romance novels and how they are, you know, people look down on them in the literary world. And uh, I feel like romance novels are not given the love that they they deserve. And I'm so glad that we pushed ourselves um, to do so. Um but I, I will say right off the bat, I ended up reading different books than I thought that I would for the challenge. Yeah. Like when we did the episodes, so I was like, I'm going to read this book for this. And I totally ended up reading something different. I have a really hard time plan planning my reading in advance. Um, so let's, what do we do for this challenge? Let's go over it. Um, the first one is a book set in another country. What did you read for this one? Um, so I kind of like just went through and I was like, what was the first book I read this year set in another country? Because I think, yeah, we talk about it on the show and I'm like, uh, you know, like I can't, I, I, I yeah, uh, I can't remember what I even thought I'd going to read. So um, I read Mary Toft uh, or 
comma, or The Riot Queen by Dexter Palmer. I love Dexter Palmer. Um, it's based, uh, I think y'all might remember me talking about it. It's based on a true story that happened in England. It all takes place in England. Uh, it revolves around a woman who starts giving birth to rabbits. Um, it's from the, I remember it's you from talking the point about of view this. of a doctor who just was like, how the F is this possible? Uh, and it, and this woman gets all the way to the king. She, he invites this Mary Toff to London and the doctor's like, this is bad. And, uh, they have to figure out how this is possibly happening. It's a really well-written, cool book. Um, and took place in England. Uh, I read several books that took place in England this year, um, as well as other countries, but that was the first one. Uh, wh- what did you read set in another country? Definitely not the book we talked. I talked about during our episode about this. I ended up reading *The Ant Hill* by Julianne Pacheco, uh, which is set in Colombia. Um, it is a fun, very weird fiction book that is a little bit scary. Uh, it's about a woman who she grew up in Colombia, but she left under when she was a child under some very scary circumstances that I won't spoil. Um, but now she's an adult and she's sort of like she's in her twenties. She's sort of drifting. She doesn't know what to do with her life, so she ends up returning to her hometown in Colombia to reconnect with. her her childhood best friend and he her childhood best friend runs this volunteer center for like the the children of the neighborhood um but there's something kind of weird going on about it and there's something kind of weird going on about her her childhood best friend and it's very unsettling that's the best way I can put it this book is very I, I don't know if I would go as far as to say that it's disturbing, but it's just super unsettling. It's very weird. Um, and I, I really liked it. And I, I don't remember the last time I read a book set in Colombia, So I'm glad that I read it. Uh, what is our next category? The next category was romance novel, which was a stretch for both you and I, I think. I, I mean, I'm glad we did it. I don't read much, much romance. Uh, what, did, what did you choose? I love what you chose for this, by the way. It's very funny. Oh. I read The Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie by Jennifer Ashley. Um, I talked about it on the show and I finished it. I really liked it because it was like a great sexy romance, but it was also like an interesting mystery, which maybe I'm, I'm, I'm realizing is like something that I really like in romance. I'm really glad we did this because I always mean to read more romance and I never get to it. And after I read this, I literally went to march down to the Ripped Bodice Um which is our Los Angeles romance bookstore. Uh, actually, you know, I think I was there because uh, I was at one of uh, Sarah Kuhn's book launches. Mm. Uh, and I got, I literally went there and I was like, give me more romance novels like this. And they are fantastic. They're absolutely a fantastic bookstore. Um, and I, I bought a bunch of romance novels and I'm going to read them. And I, uh, I'm going to incorporate more of this into our, our my reading life. And I think this is might be my favorite part of the challenge. Uh, uh, yeah, I was yeah. really, yeah, really, really happy of, about it. Got us out of our, our normal reading habits. What did you read for this? Uh, by request of the Glassers, I read uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Uh, uh, I loved this book. Loved it. It is about the first, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I was like engrossed. I was in love. I was every, all the things. Um, it's about the first son, meaning um, like, uh, like the son of the president. And the British prince, uh, also, hey, this took place in another country, um, and they don't like each other. Uh, and then they do, and then they fall for each other. But then it has to be a secret because it's like, oh, my God, this would cause, like, international turmoil. And it's just so cute, and you will just fall in love with these people. It makes you so happy. I mean, I I understand. I will say, like, what I really got out of this is that I understand why people want to read <laughs> these books. I mean, like, people want to read romance because – there is something about it that's so uplifting. And at a time right now that is like kind of hard to read, you know, it's hard to read read anything. It's hard to read dark stuff. This was like such a like welcome uh, reprieve. And uh, we read another romance book, obviously, like for um, uh, as a book club. 
uh, for reading glasses as well. And like, that's another, it's just like a welcome, like, oh, what a change of pace. I know this is going to end up well. I know it's going to end up with two people happy and in love. Like what a wonderful situation. So I loved this aspect of the challenge. I do want to say we are still getting listener feedback from our, um, from our, the event we did about being neighborly by Make a James about people who uh, are either dating or having sex with their neighbors. <laughs> uh, Amazing. We should just dedicate a whole, just a whole feedback episode to that. Um, I love it. All right. So the next category uh, was read a book written by a woman of color. Uh, what did you do for this one, Mallory? Uh, I want to talk about a book that we both loved. I read The Girl with the Louding oh, Voice by so Abby good. Derry, so which good. was very, this was another book that almost made, like, sh- if we had put more slots for it, if we had had it been like a two hour episode would have been in my top of 2020. Of course, yeah. um, I love this book so much. Um, it's such a beautiful, powerful story with this like incredible main character. Um, if folks keep doing any part of the challenge regularly, I think this this part should be the one buying and getting um, books from the library by women of color. is just like a great way to support, to not only to support them, but to show the publishing industry that they, they should buy more books by women of color and give them more money. Uh, and also took place in another country. Just want to point that out. Oh yeah. So this, this uh, ticked off a couple of boxes. Uh, it was just so much fun. Um, I, I adored it. Uh, what was the book that you read? I read, I mean, I read, I read a few, of, I, was, I was trying to think of ones from the beginning of the year because like, the beginning of the year is a distant memory. Uh, I loved the book Remembrance by Rita Wood. Um, it's a short one with magical realism, which I know checks a lot of boxes for people. It's told in three, three different time periods. Um, and the one that really stuck with me was there's a storyline in the 1700s about an escaped slave who creates this sort of like magical haven for escaped slaves with her like with her powers. And so people, uh, the white slave owners or the white people cannot enter this certain area because she's able to create this sort of magical space. Um, It's a debut novel. It's great. Uh, Totally worth picking up. And yeah, again, yeah, I think you're right. If someone's, if you're going to stick with one, this is a really good category to continue to think about, actively think about. Uh, So our next category was one that I think this was the one that threw people the most because yeah. it pushed them into uh, their maybe a, a type of book they don't normally read. It was a novel with a non-human protagonist. Uh, what did you read for this one? I read Catfishing on Catnet by Naomi Kritzer, a book I I know you love this book. this book. I loved it. I can't say enough good things about this. Um, it's the expansion of a short story that I also loved. Uh, and the non-human protagonist is an AI on the internet that interacts with these teenagers who meet on this message board. And in order to like get on the message board, you have to share cat pictures, like cute cat pictures. The AI loves cute cat pictures. Um, Who doesn't? More cat pics, please. Uh, And (laughs) the uh, the chapters are told from different POVs, but one of the POVs is the AI itself. Um, And uh, the AI ends up having to help these teenagers um, uh, solve um, a problem that one of them is having with their family. But it's really fantastic. Uh, totally worth reading. Also really a nice, cute story. Um, it has some darkness to it for sure. But uh, if you're looking for something cool or you're to, to read this kind of light uh, towards the end of the year, I think this is a great one. Uh, what did you read with the non-human protagonist? So another book that was not the book that I talked about in the non-human protagonist episode, I ended up getting back into a beloved series uh, called the Zimonia series by Walter Moore. Uh, It's a translated German series that's written and illustrated by the author. Um, And it's sort of like Douglas Adams mixed with Terry Pratchett, where it's like, 
fantasy, uh, but very fun and silly and funny. And it's so cute. And there's no human characters. And the book that I did for this is Rumo. It's the second book in the series. And it's about this little uh, Wolperting, which is a German like mythological creature that's like kind of like a little anthropomorphic dog, but he has horns. Um, Mm. And Rumo is a little Wolperting. And it's it's about his journey to become the, the greatest hero of Zimonia. And he gets his sword. And it's like, it's one of those, it's just like a fun fantasy series where like little Rumo and he's on his journey and he like meets all these wacky, weird characters and like goes through Zimonia. And like, I just love this series so fucking much. It is so, it's like, if you're looking for a a, a fantasy series to like sink into for the winter, this is the one. And again, there's no human characters. It's all, every single book takes place in Zimonia, but they're not like in a series. They're not, it's not like the same characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. The first- You can like pick up any book and- and, Yeah, yeah. they all stand alone. Um, Like the second book is about Rumo. The first book is about Captain Blue Bear. Um, The third and fourth books are about- uh, these characters in this book world uh, called in the called the City of Dreaming Books, and it's just like, oh, it's so much fun. I uh, I'm glad that we did this one because it remi- like I I've been having a hard time reading fantasy for the past few years, and this made me fall back in love with it. Uh, so the next category is a book you've already read, uh, which is people had a lot of mixed feelings about this one, but I I'm excited we did it. Uh, what's what's the book that you reread? Ugh. You know, I don't love rereading, so this was tough. I know. I did, I, I had, I did reread some researchy books, which I could talk about, but one that I reread, um, I still haven't figured out what to rate it on Goodreads, uh, is, is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Because I felt like this book meant a lot for me um, when I read it the first time. And this time, in my reread, I've been like, yeah, that's good. And then parts I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, I know we don't talk about books we don't like, but there are parts that I was like, I don't know. The whole book is about resistance and things that resistance that um, can get in your way when you're trying to create art. Uh, But I will say like a lot of it resonated with me uh, when I was younger and maybe it just didn't resonate with me as much now. And there's parts of it also that I'm kind of like, I don't know, Stephen Pressfield, that feels a little like ableist. It feels a little like you're, I don't know, like, like, I, I, there's just things on it that I, 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 that didn't resonate with me and I like, felt a little like red flaggy this time around. Um, not that there aren't some really great things to take from the book. I think there are, but, uh, yeah, it was a weird reread. I'm, uh, just like talk about rereads. I love, I'm rereading all the X Factor books right now. So, uh, that is something I'm really enjoying, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this was the one I chose and I think I did talk about choosing this one. Um, Yeah. What a weird thing. I mean, I'm kind of glad it was on the list because I was kind of like, I wouldn't have probably read it otherwise. And I feel like it. I've changed a lot as a person and I've grown hopefully as a person. And uh, yeah, it's been, it was a weird one for sure. Uh, what did you reread? Uh, again, something totally different than I thought I was going to. Um, so my boyfriend was reading Wild at Heart by Barry Gifford on my recommendation because we try to like read books. It's like a nice couple bonding activity for us is reading books that the other one loves. And I was like, oh my God, you got to read Wild at Heart by Barry Gifford. Um, Barry Gifford is one of my favorite authors. He's like a, a, like a crime author, 
but he's most notable for that a lot of people know him by because uh, Wild at Heart. This book is the first book in the Sailor and Lula series, which was adapted into Wild at Heart, the David Lynch ah. movie. My favorite David Lynch movie ever. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay for Lost Highway, which is another David Lynch movie that I love. Um, so it's the first in a series. And normally I don't like series, but it's the Sailor and Lula series, which of course you might know because that's what my cats are named after. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jeremy and. Glassers, please somebody please write in if you also do this and it drives your partner crazy because Jeremy was reading this and I started reading over his shoulder yeah. in bed because <laughs> I love the book so much. And so eventually when he wasn't reading it, I would pick it up and read it because like, I just love it so much and it's not a long read. And I, and I just re- ended up reading the whole thing like yeah. that. It's, uh, um, I love it so much. If you are a fan of the movie Wild at Heart and you love the dialogue, like this, if you read the first chapter of this, which is only like a page and a half, the dialogue of it is so funny and delightful. And it is, you just love these characters. You love Sailor and Lula. And it's just like such a wonderful slice of, of, of these characters. And he, Barry Gifford really captures, um, weird, quirky, um, Southern family life and, um, you know, characters that, um, normally people don't give voice to, you know, like poor people and, uh, just like quirky, weird, (laughs) quirky, weird people making, making their lives out of, uh, quirky, weird ways. And it's hard, it's hard to uh, articulate, but this is, I am so happy I reread it because I always get something out of it. Um, and yeah, I just love it so much. And I, I, I kind of want to reread the entire series again. Mm. Um, so before we talk about the second half of the Reading Glasses Challenge, which is all of our activities, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored this week by Green Chef. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, which is amazing because we love HelloFresh and we love Green Chef. And now that means that Green Chef gets to offer a wider array of meal plans to choose from. That means there's something for everyone. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and more importantly, affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle, including paleo, keto, plant powered no matter what kind of of healthier or or slightly annoying to shop at the grocery store for diet you've got green chef as you covered the recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions chef tips and photos to guide you along which if listeners of the show know i am not great at cooking and i made the the green chef meals that we got they were delicious they were not complicated to figure out i felt not in over my head i felt like i could totally do it and it was delicious ingredients are seasonally sourced for peak freshness and they're delivered to your doorstep you don't have to leave the house which is amazing we're all worried about going to get groceries right now and leaving the house is scary so how amazing is it to have uh fresh good quality ingredients to make delicious meals delivered right to your door. And you can switch up your meal plan whenever you're ready to try a new way to eat. So you can go to greenchef.com slash glasses80 and use code glasses80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. $80. That's a lot of books that you can buy. That's incredible. So it's greenchef.com slash glasses80 and code glasses80 for $80 off. Go check it out. Check out some of the meal plans. Check out some of the meals. They're so delicious. They're really fresh. They're really easy to prepare and they come right to your door. There's no losing here. So that's greenchef.com slash glasses80 and code glasses80 for $80 off. 
glasses. Macho man to the top rope. The flying elbow, the cover. We've got a new champion. We're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match? I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast. Oh, yeah. Tell us more about this podcast. It's the podcast of power. Too sweet to be sour. Funky like a monkey. Woke discussions, man. And jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices. Myself excluded. I can't wait to listen. Neither can I. You can find it Saturdays on Maximum Fun. Oh, yeah. Dig it. Uh, so, and we're back. So now it's time for the activity portion of the challenge. And the first part was stop reading a book you aren't enjoying. Did you do this part? Uh, yes, I did this part many a time. Um, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, I was worried about this because I kept reading books that I was like, wow, I just, I'm getting through all these books. I didn't want to, I keep reading them. But then, um... There's books I even talked about on the show I didn't end up finishing. And definitely towards the end of the year, I was like, 2020 is almost over. It's got to be a top 10 or I am done. So I put down many a book in the last month or two uh, for sure. And I feel like I should have this attitude all the time. If it's not a top 10, why am I reading this book? You know, unless it's like for research or something. Like I should only stick with books that I'm like, this could be a potential top 10, right? If you really think about it. Yeah, I, this is actually my favorite activity portion of the challenge. Yeah. Uh, I ended up doing this with a ton of the books. And I think maybe that's what a lot of folks uh, needed. Uh, like the people feel like they need permission to put a book down, especially after you've, if, if you've read like 50 or 100 pages of it and you've like that sunk cost fallacy, like you feel like you've put, in work, put work into it, but you aren't enjoying. Um, and I, I, one of the best things about my reading life this year was that I got a lot better about putting books down that I wasn't enjoying, partly because I was like, oh, I, well, I'm fulfilling part of this challenge. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got, I did read more books than I did last year, obviously, because we're we have more time at home. Um, and I, but I, I feel like I ended up reading a lot more books that I liked because of this. Like there were way more four star and five star books in my book, my, uh, my book putty this year, uh, because I didn't waste time on books that I didn't want to. This is something I think definitely that I'm going to keep going in with my reading, keep going within my reading life. And, uh, I think probably the most helpful part of the challenge. Yeah, I think that is definitely what I will take away from it. And I hope other people do too, that you should put these books down. Put that book down. If you don't like it, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, So the next one was uh, review a book either on Goodreads, Amazon, or on your library's website. Uh, What did you do for this, Mallory? I did the library website because, you know, I haven't been on Goodreads in forever. I still, I have not been on Goodreads in a couple of years now, I think. Um, And after we talked about how no one reviews books on the library site except people who hate them, I went to my library site to review some. uh, Although I'm wondering now, like, does it even matter? Do people care about library reviews? Do people make decisions about books about by how many reviews are on the library page? I don't. uh, But please write in if you do. I'm very interested. Yeah, Um, someone might. And so I think that is helpful. But yeah, I mean, I look at it, but I don't really... Really, it doesn't really affect whether or not I'm going to get the book. Yeah, same. Uh, is what, it, what? How did you fulfill this part of the challenge? I give scores to all my Goodreads books. Uh, so I do that pretty regularly. And and if I like a book, I try to give it five stars on LAPL.org. 
uh, like just giving a little little bump to try to bump up that rating. I mean, it's crazy because like books that are like the most popular books will have like six reviews, you know? So I'm like, I, I there's just like not that many. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think I do this pretty regularly, regularly just to keep up with what I'm reading, um, which is helpful. I mean, that's kind of like the way I track my reading. I think this was one you and I kind of both already do. Um, yeah. The next one on the list was donate a book, which we of course changed as things went on because we were like at first like, we didn't want people to have to go anywhere in person. We, we know this was a really tough one. Um, what did you end up doing for donating a book, Mallory? Uh, yeah, I donated books to my neighbors. Uh, when quarantine started, highly recommend this. I'll definitely be doing it again. It's such a nice thing to do in quarantine. It's a nice neighborly thing to do. Um, I this, this was really, really fun and a good way to uh, do a little good in your neighborhood and also get, get rid of some books. Uh, what did you do? I did this through the Books to Prisoners program. Um, I didn't have to leave my laptop. It was wonderful. I think I did this in the most heightened part of lockdown. I paid for a book. We can link in the show notes where you can do this. They sent it directly to a Books for Prisoners program. It was super easy. It was wonderful. I felt like I was giving something, which was great. I bought it from a small bookstore, which was also great. So I felt like it was good all around. And it cost me like, you know, the price of a book, which was not that much. Uh, and the next part of the challenge was recommend a book on social media. Uh, I know that we, besides having reading glasses, we both like to do that. Uh, how did you, how did you fulfill this part? Well, one of my New Year's resolutions personally uh, was to keep up with my reading and what I love on my Instagram stories. So I actually created a whole section like in the little story section at the top, you know, where you can keep up with like, you can like organize it. I take created a whole section for 2020 books. Um, it's really nice. I can tag authors and the authors like respond and they're like, fuck yeah. And then I, they repost it and then we're best friends. And now I'm best friends with all these authors. Just kidding. That's not what happened, but they were excited. <laughs> um, I feel good about it. I liked it. And uh, every time I would post a book, people would be like, oh, I've been wanting to read that. Or, oh, I love that book. So like friends of mine respond. And um, basically what I'm going to, I kind of just kept it up with this little story section at the top of my Instagram and I'm going to just keep that up and start one for 2021. Uh, I think it worked really well and um, that way I can keep promoting people's books. Um, And also, interestingly, it made me think about the authors a lot because I had to do a full-on search for them. Some of them are on Instagram, so obviously they didn't get tagged, but... um, for those that were, I, I like went and I kind of like learned a little about their little life. I'm like, oh, they have a cat. Oh, they have children. You know, like, <laughs> I kind of like learned about who they were. Most important information about an author. Cat, do they children? have a cat or not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you do about recommending a book on social media? I also did on Instagram um, part of that because I did not spend much time, as much time as I normally do on Twitter this year. I took a big Twitter break and I recommended We Ride Upon Sticks uh, and I, I think a few other books on my Instagram. Uh, and then, so the next part of the challenge was... Annotating a book uh, or writing down, saving, highlighting on your e-reader quotes that you liked. Um, and you did this with more multiple books this year. Well, I was doing research. So, yeah, I did it for War of Art because I thought that would be helpful. Um, uh, I, I, I reread it and did that, which, you know, two for one. Why not? Um, but I also did it because I had to write some stuff about Mary Shelley for my book. Um, there was a really good, it was actually like, I read multiple books about Mary Shelley a few years ago, but I read this one that was like designed for teenagers, but it meant the information was like really accessible. Uh, And it was called Mary Shelley, The Strange True Tale of Frankenstein's Creator by Catherine Reef. And I ended up doing that one because then I could just highlight things and I could use it when I was, it was really easy for me to refer back to it. Whereas some of the other biographies, 
I felt like were hard to wake, make my way through with the with it. So it was like, thank you to Catherine Reef. Like she wrote this book <laughs> for teenagers. And I was like, oh yeah, this is perfect for me. Cause like, I can just be like, instead of like some flowery language about her, it was just like, she's born here. And I'm like, fantastic. Like it actually like, worked out really well for me. Um, I know you had strong feelings about annotating a book. Uh, what did you do? <laughs> Uh, well, I did this for our book club, uh, The Care and Feeding of Ravenously Hungry Girls, uh, because I thought, perfect, you know, we're discussing it with the glassers. This will be a great book to annotate. And I honestly fucking hated it. <laughs> I won't be doing it again. Uh, I am glad I tried it. But I think what did it is that I'm a nonfiction writer and it makes reading too much like work because that's all, like for girly drinks. I read hundreds and hundreds right. of, of books and wrote notes and researched in them so as soon as soon as like I feel like if I have a book in my hand and a highlighter all of a sudden I'm in work mode and I'm not enjoying not that I did obviously don't like working on girly drinks and I don't like researching but it's not my relaxing time right so I won't, won't be doing it again but I'm glad that I tried it yeah. I'm glad I'm definitely glad that I tried it yeah um so we have put together the 2021 reading glasses challenge we're excited about it and we're gonna about to announce it but I will say pizza hut you still have all year to reach out. Your, yeah, you still have a year to reach we out. We want little mini pizzas. Come on, Pizza Hut. Uh, we're, we're excited that we got to, we're giving out Chipotle gift cards for this this year. Chipotle, you can get back to us. We'll do it again for 2021. But this is so excited. People are so excited about the Chipotle gift cards. We have 25 <laughs> special Chipotle gift cards to send out to people who completed the challenge. We're going to pick them at random because I think we are, we already have way more than 25 people right now. Yeah, we already, we have a lot of people. People people get really intense about the free Chipotle. Mm -hmm. uh, it was pretty, pretty funny. I mean, a free Chipotle gift card, you can get a whole bowl with guac. Okay, all right. So, Bria, what is the first part of the 2021 Reading Glasses Challenge? 2021, here it is. Uh, so, remember, we divide our challenge into five books to read and five book-related tasks to complete. So, the books. I'll do books and you do tasks. You want to do that? Yes. All right. Number one, a banned book. We will do episodes on all these, explain what that means. But if you don't know what a banned book is, uh, your librarian can help you with that. But it's books that have been banned in various places. Um, number two, a poetry collection. Y'all, I'm, I'm locked and loaded for this. So <laughs> Bria's ready. She's been training for this all year. I three whole poetry collections. <laughs> I have three suggestions for you. Uh, three, a microhistory, which I'm very excited about. We love microhistories. Uh, four, a book by a native First Nation or First Nations author. Uh, and five, a book recommended by your library. Uh, that's either on their website, uh, like, cause they'll do like a big library read, or it'll just be something on the front of your library. Or you can literally ask your librarian, which I realize is sort of a task. Uh, so those are those are the uh, those are the books. Those are the book book things that you have to do this year for the 2021 challenge. Uh, Mallory, what are the activities slash tasks? All right, activities. First one, figure out your wheelhouse. We know that a lot of glassers have already done this. It's something that people love to do. We read them at the top of the show, but if you haven't done it, you got to figure out your wheelhouse. Uh, Second is attend a virtual book event uh, because clearly we're all going to be in quarantine for, 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 for a while. We talked about virtual book events this year. And so this could be a talk, a conversation between two authors, a panel, uh, any any sort of virtual book-related event. Um, a book club three, event, a book club. We're doing online book clubs still sometimes, so that could work as well. Yes, that totally counts. Um, three, review a bookstore 
not a book, a bookstore uh, or boost a bookstore on social media. Whether you have, maybe you have a local indie you love, maybe you don't have a local indie. There's a lot of places in this country that don't have the the privilege of having a local independent bookstore. But there are several around the country that you can, you can uh, get into and order from. Go, if you maybe attend a book event that was put on by an independent bookstore, there are many right now. And afterwards, you boost it on social media. Uh, say, hey, this book was put on by the Harvard bookstore. This event was put on by the Harvard bookstore. They're amazing. Check them out. Tag them in something. We want to show some love to bookstores this year. And and also uh, review. You can also review it on Yelp. You review it on TripAdvisor. There's a bunch of virtual places you can review that review a bookstore if you don't want to put it on social media. Yes. And then the fourth one is reviewing a book by a uh, by an author of color. Uh, reading it is great, but we also recognize that it's important to actually talk about it, review it on, on Amazon, on Goodreads, on your library's website, on uh, just talk about it online. Really, we really want to boost uh, books written by black authors, by Asian American authors, by uh, authors of color. It's so, so important. So we want to show a lot of showing love in this, uh, this uh, your next year's reading glasses challenge. And the final one is get rid of a book or books that you're never going to read. Uh, maybe it's clearing out your e-reader. Maybe it is uh, looking at your bookshelf at home and uh, looking at books that you are never read, never going to read or you don't like and you still have, they're just like collecting dust around your house and you want to get rid of them. And that doesn't matter if you recycle them. You can donate them. You can give them away to somebody else. Give them to your neighbor. Throw them into the sun if you really need to. However you want to get rid of them. Uh, there, we, there, We've talked about many, many different ways on the show to get rid of books that you don't want anymore. But you got to get rid of one. Uh, so those are our activities. Bria, what are the, what's the part that you're most excited about? I'm excited to read more poetry. Uh, I, that was a New Year's resolution for me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to explore, explore more. Um, the one I'm, uh, what are you the most excited about? I, I think the one I'm most excited about is reading a book by a native first nations author. Mm -hmm. It was, um, I tried to read more books like that this year and they were all stunners. Mm. <laughs> They're all fantastic. So it's something that I really want to incorporate more into my reading life. Um, what are you most worried about? Probably we work in my damn wheelhouse. I feel like every time I go look it up and I'm like, that's my wheelhouse. And then and then I know I the problem is I feel like throughout the show, I'm always like, I think that this is my wheelhouse, but I don't ever write down what that is. So uh it is um I'm I, I'm worried about figuring all of that out. But we wanted to do something that people could do from home that felt like that people could you could do from the comfort of your own home and like kind of a getting to know yourself better kind of thing. So I'm glad we we're doing it. Uh what are you most worried about? Actually, attending a virtual book event um, because I think I'm a little burnt out on I, on, on things, and also mm. I'm the kind of person who always like, especially because we're in Los Angeles, and um, a lot of book events that happen like after work on the East Coast happen during work times out here. Mm. So I'm it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, oh shit, there's a talk going on that I really wanted to see, but I have a meeting right now, so I'm like a little bit worried about working that in. But uh, I think it'll be fun. There's a, I think there's, you could do there's it. A lot of I have faith. Uh, so that is it. Let us know how you feel. We're going to be posting this on the MaximumFun.org or on the episode page. Um, wow, Mallory, making... that's it for 2020. That's it. This I know. Like... I know. We're going to, and we are going to make a graphic to go with this as well. 
to post. And we want to say thank you, Glassers, for listening this entire year with us. It's been a decade of a year. It's been a fucking awful year in so many ways. But one of the things that really got us through is how much you supported us and how wonderful you are, our incredible listeners. Also, extra love to our Maximum Fun subscribers. This has been, was a really tough year for me and Bria, but uh, our Maximum Fun subscribers, like getting that that money every month to help us keep making the show every week really made made a huge difference for me, at least. Uh, and I'm just so, so grateful for all of you. So grateful for our community. Uh, it's just, it's like such a force of positivity and light and joy in our lives. Like the glassers, you guys are just great. You're fucking, you, you folks are absolutely fucking wonderful. Um, and also we extra thank thanks to Danielle and Kathy and Jessica who run our Facebook group. It is a fan run group, folks. Bria and I do not moderate it. We do not run it. It is run by the, these wonderful folks who do it out of the goodness of their heart and keep this community going uh, on Facebook. So we have so much, so, so much. Uh, we are so grateful for that. And um, Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodread page, like truly reading glasses. I mean, we're biased, but we just think we have one of the greatest podcast communities out there. It's so, so wonderful and so welcome and uh so so fun and people love to participate in things and we just we love interacting with you folks it's wonderful uh if you want to buy reading glasses stuff uh, it's on our maximum fun store maybe you want to get a, a, a holiday gift for yourself there's a link in the show notes and if you want to get us something if uh you listened all year and are and want to support us and do something that doesn't take very long to do and is free you can write and review us on itunes it's great for us it helps us reach more listeners it helps us get more ads it just it really is a, a quick easy way to show your your love for the show and and do something that a concrete thing that will actually really make a difference for us you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading sheet podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast thanks for listening for for another whole year folks and always thanks for reading thanks for reading.